Hi, my name is Megan Smalley, and I'm with Recycling Today magazine. Welcome to the Fresh Perspective podcast. I'm here today with Sarah Kaler of Balcones Resources based in Austin, Texas. Sarah joined Balcones in 2013. She currently manages the sales team for all three of the company's locations. She also leads the marketing and branding initiatives for the company. Before joining Balcones, she managed the implementation of sustainability and waste diversion programs on the college campuses. Sarah grew up in the waste and recycling industry. Both her father and brother have worked in the industry for most of their careers. And during a second grade career day event, she even told classmates that she wanted to grow up to be a trash woman. Sarah's favorite part about her job is learning about the operational components of recycling. Thanks for coming on the show today, Sarah. Yeah, thanks for having me, Megan. I'm excited to be here. Now, what is your current role at Balcones, and what do you do on a day-to-day basis? So my current role at Balcones is I manage the sales and marketing for the entire company. We have three different divisions here at Balcones. We have one in Austin, Texas, one in Little Rock, uh, Arkansas, and then one in Dallas, Texas. So we have sales reps in all three of those locations, and it's my job to keep up to date with their pipeline, the different prospects they're working on, the different types of clients they're bringing into our facility, that sort of thing. So I manage just their day-to-day activities and what they need as far as operational support or um, anything like that. And then it goes also hand-in-hand with marketing. So if we have certain branding initiatives that we think would help drive sales, if we're working on any type of campaign that will directly impact sales, I head up all of those initiatives. And then from there, a lot of what I do is just keeping up with the current clients. We get a lot of different types of material coming into our facility. Some of that material is great. Some of the material is not so great. So it's my job to understand those different types of clients and how we make sure that we're getting the best product from them. Got it. And what's the company culture like at Balcones Resources? The company culture is kind of a different array of personalities. Um, That's probably my favorite part of working at this company is there's not one perfect way to describe um, the people. I think it's our goal to have very dynamic people. So a lot of different types of personalities, a lot of different passions, a lot of things that drive them to work for, for our company. Um, it's also a very innovative company. Um, so that means that we need employees that are self-motivated. They'll look for solutions. You know, most of what we do does sound very basic, but it's not basic when you actually bring it into the facility. Um, so we want people that can think quickly on their feet and that just are never never settle for no. They're always looking for ways to be better or ways we can do it or ways just to, you know, positively impact the environment. Now, what are some cool new things that are happening at Balcones this year and just the last couple of years? Yeah, Megan, it's actually been a huge year for us. Um, We recently had our 25th anniversary. That was in January, and we hosted a big party for it in February. So that was super exciting. I know um, we have a lot of people on the executive leadership team that have been with us since those 25 years um, got started. So it was a big celebration. We had a big to-do about it, had a really good time. Um, and then, you know, we did a retrofit this year. So we've installed some additional equipment at our main campus in Austin, Texas. And really that retrofit was to help us clean up some of them, some of that material. So just making sure we have the cleanest material possible that we can send to our buyers. And aside from that, our goal is just to keep growing, you know. Um, We started off as a small mom-and-pop shop, and that's not who we are anymore. And so each year, I think we're just constantly looking for ways to advance our technology, advance our people, um, just not become stale or stagnant here. 
Got it. Was all that stuff just in the last year, or was that the last couple of years you're talking about? So the retrofit and the 25th anniversary party were actually both this year. So it's been a big, busy year. Um, the retrofit was very, it was very time-consuming. Um, it was a lot of hard work done by our local people in Austin and also other locations. People came in and helped. Um, but it basically took place over about five or six months span, um, a lot longer to prep for it. We've been prepping for it for the last few years. Got it. And what prompted, especially with the retrofit, I'm sure, was it just the materials that were coming in and it seemed like you needed to adjust? Um, yeah. I mean, one of the things about working at a recycling facility is technology is always advancing. That's the glorious thing. It also makes it the hard thing. So you have to keep up with the technology. Um, so if you want to have the cleanest product, available if you want to make sure that you're able to sort all different types of material um, and you're trying to look for ways to face some of the challenges that we see in in Immerse. Um, You're just constantly looking to evolve that technology. And so I think for us, it was just that time. We want to stay relevant. We want to stay competitive. Got it. And shifting gears here a little bit, you studied broadcast journalism in college at Texas Tech University. How did those skills translate more into marketing and sales roles that you've taken in more recent years? So the way I've used my broadcast journalism degree is mainly by asking questions. Um, I think learning how to ask the right question um, to get the kind of answer that you're really looking for to understand people, to understand what their needs are. That's a skill set that I definitely learned while in college in journalism, doing interviews, doing internships, that sort of thing. And I think that's very applicable in sales because Sometimes the people that you're talking to don't even really know their problem. So learning how to ask those questions is a, is a better way for us to solve those problems for them. And then as far as the marketing goes, um, I think part of what marketing is is understanding people. And again, that journalism degree, you know, you're, you're learning how to understand people and what makes those people tick and why. Um, so I think all of that translates pretty well to marketing. Again, asking those important questions to our clients. Why do you use us? Why do you want to continue to use us? Um, how do we make recycling, I guess, relevant to each person? I mean, that's the coolest thing is from the questions that I've learned to ask over the years, I've realized whether people know it or not, recycling really does touch every single person, whether it's the shoes they're wearing, whether they take their own recycling bin out to their curb, whatever that looks like. And so those are things that I've learned just through those that question process. That's cool. And do you have any fun stories of your experiences working in broadcast, either during oh, yeah. college or right after? <laughs> yeah, I have a ton of fun stories. Um, I think the best one I have was I was interning at Fox Sports in Houston one summer. And since it's summertime, that's obviously during baseball season. So I'm a huge Astros fan, have been my whole life. So I was getting to attend all of the baseball games. And that year, Craig Biggio actually hit his um, 3,000 picks. So there's a 3,000 club. Um, so there was game after game that we were hoping it was going to happen at. And at that point, you know, the reporters were taking turns about who was going to be there and cover the event. So because I was an intern, I had to be at every single event. And I was specifically covering for a reporter that day. So I got to go into the locker room after he hit his, um, after he made the hit and interview him and ask him questions about his big day. So that's not normally something a 21-year-old would get to do. That's awesome. So, um, and I saw that you also, before coming to Balcones, you were helping with waste diversion programs at colleges. So what were some of the colleges that you worked with and what was that experience like? And how is recycling doing in the college sector? 
Yeah, I mean, that was a very, very fun job fresh out of grad school and college. I was someone that absolutely loved my college experience and my grad school experience. Um, I'm a big Red Raider fan, and just I love the way campuses feel. I've always said if I wasn't in this industry, I would love to be teaching college classes. So for me, it was a dream come true because it was getting to be on these beautiful college campuses, talking about something I was passionate about, and getting to talk to people that are seem to be the influencers. You know, these are the people that are going to be leaving college and making the biggest difference in the world. Um, you know, those are the people that we're looking to to solve our issues. And so it was really neat getting to talk to those those, um, not even kids, young adults at that point. And college campuses are just beautiful. So, I mean, I got to go, I'd start, you know, UC Davis is somewhere that I went to, got to go to a lot. And I would start there on a Tuesday. And on Thursday, I was at North, in North Carolina at UNC or Duke. So I covered basically the whole West and South. So, you know, anywhere up from top of California, all the way to Alabama, to New York, or not quite to New York, sorry, to um, North Carolina, Virginia, so as someone that was fresh out of grad school, I think I started this job when I was 24, 25. Um, I got to see a lot of the United States and a lot of like the prettiest places in the United States. So it was a really, really unique and cool thing to do. And you asked about how these, how these campuses were doing with sustainability. Um, you know, this was again back in 2000. I don't even want to say because that'll showcase my age, but um, it was a while ago. So, you know, recycling was trendy, but it wasn't nearly as trendy and, you know, important and discussed as it is today. But it was really neat. You know, these colleges were trying to create sustainability curriculums. They were trying to implement zero waste. They were doing zero waste events. You know, a lot of what I did was go to football games, and we would track waste diversion at these games. I thought that was really cool. I got to go to a school in Colorado. Um, it was Boulder, and they take recycling very, very seriously there. And so, I mean, we were tracking every bit of data possible at these football games. I mean, we were, you know, you're talking about even the waste that the animals, like their actual mascots would create. They were composting that stuff and then tracking that in their diversion. So I feel like this was kind of during a time when colleges were really taking off, um, creating these sustainability programs. And so it's really neat to see where it was then and where it is now for sure. And since joining Balcones, what have been some of the obstacles that you faced in your career and how have you overcome those? Um, I think the obstacles that I faced are kind of the predictable ones. Um, so, you know, you always, me being in sales, you always run into the sales kind of versus the operations. I think that no matter where you work, a lot of people see that as the case. Um, and I think that was an obstacle when I first started and maybe even an obstacle for me because I didn't know the operations piece. I didn't really understand the components and the issues they were running into. So for me, the biggest thing that I did to improve myself and our team was just learn that operations component, ask the important questions to the maintenance team, to, you know, whoever's loading the baler, like what's going on, what is, what is the problematic issues you're running into so we can make sure we understand those from the customer all the way to the material coming to our facility. So I think that that was kind of a shift. Um, you know, Falcones is small enough that we get to talk every single day to our operations team. Um, you know, you work at a big corporation, and, and maybe that's not the, the way it is. But for me, all I have to do is walk outside and ask the questions, and I'm able to able to get those answers that I need. And so we really tried to change the way we were selling. You know, we want our sales team to make sure that they're engaging with the ops team on a day-to-day basis. We don't want them out there just trying to, just to drive the numbers because at the end of the day, I want them to know the numbers that they're selling on the front end still impact the back end. 
so that was just a big culture shift, I think, all around for myself and for a lot of people working at the company. I've done a really good job myself trying to get to know the GMs, really have close relationships with the GMs, have a close relationship with our VP of operations. And that's just changed the whole culture and dynamic of the company of engaging with one another rather than just being two separate entities. So that was one of the biggest challenges I would say that has been really fun to, to overcome. Got it. And what was one of the operational things that you learned more recently just by asking questions to people on the operational side that you had no idea about? Um, I mean, I think they've, those questions vary. I think a lot of what we get is, you know, a lot of times the markets change, as you know, and sometimes something that a type of material that we brought in might have been something we could sell, like let's say it's some type of plastic that a few years ago we were getting all sorts of this type of plastic, but now we're no longer getting that same amount of plastic. So if it comes in the door, we may have to sit on it for a few months before we're able to get a truckload of it. So knowing those kind of things, making sure I'm aware of what material we're processing each month, what material is moving in the market, um, and then what material is actually safe on our sorting line. Um, you know, there's some things we always get the common questions of plastic bags. Why are those negative? And it's not until you're out there in the warehouse watching our operation work do you see the problematic issues with things like plastic bags or the fact that, you know, paper straws probably don't need, or I'm sorry, plastic straws probably don't need to be a priority of thought, but instead making sure we get that cardboard because that cardboard is more of our volume and going to impact sustainability and um, recycling initiatives more. So just knowing kind of what really is making the biggest impact, both in our facility and with customers, I would never have been able to come up with those answers if I had not been in the warehouse just watching and asking questions. Now, in the last couple of years, what are some challenges that you've noticed across the recycling industry that have impacted Balcones? I mean, contamination. I know that's the obvious answer. Um, you know, single stream is amazing in so many ways and then harder in other ways because you do get people that maybe don't know that everything that is or isn't accepted um, or maybe, you know, their program in Austin is different than the program in Dallas and they don't know those changes when they move. So really contamination. And most of that really just comes from education. I know, you know, a lot of the companies have been putting a lot of information out there to their clients, have been charging for trash, that sort of thing. I think where I've seen the biggest impact and the most help is when we bring people to our facility and let them see it for themselves, that contamination issue really registers. Like, hey, yeah, I put this dirty soiled diaper <laughs> into the recycling bin. Well, now it's going and actually touching someone's hands that is working on our sorting line. And so I think it makes people more aware of what they're recycling and also more respectful of the recycling stream. You know, there's this kind of whole perception that's out of sight, out of mind. So when you bring people to that actual facility and put their eyes on it, it just really, really is an eye-opener for them. You know, I've seen so many people walk away from these tours just thinking how much they're talking about, how much they're going to change their recycling habits and how much they're going to change their husband's recycling habits or their wives or their children. And so I think overall... The biggest thing with contamination is it's a huge issue for us. It's one that continues to drive a lot of a lot of our problems plus a lot of our costs. But it's also one that if we continue to bring people to the facility, continue to care about what they're doing and their education, we can make a positive, positive impact. Got it. Now, recovered paper prices have also been pretty low this year, particularly for OCC. So how has Balcones been working through the depressed market conditions? So Balcones has had um, our, our president of our company. He uh, works with all of our paper mills. 
he has been fantastic over the years and built some amazing relationships. So he's done a great job putting contracts in place so that we're not having to try to sell our paper on the spot market each month. You know, we have guaranteed contracts of guaranteed volume, and that helps us move that material so we're not just sitting on material. Um, so that's really just helped us stabilize ourselves and continue to be able to be profitable in this market. You're also speaking at the Paper and Plastics Recycling Conference this October on sales development. So without giving away too much from the session, could you share maybe one sales tip that's really helped you in your career? Yeah, I think the biggest sales tip for myself that I could go back and give my 20-something, 27-year-old self when I first started here is hire people that you fully trust. Um, That's hard to do often, I know, when you're just interviewing someone, but you want to be able to tell if that person is going to get their hands dirty, quite literally. I mean, so I want to know that anyone I'm bringing in onto my team, that they have the personality and they have the willingness and drive to try every single thing in the company. Even though sales is their objective and their goals, um, you know, if they aren't willing to do every other part of the job, then they probably aren't going to be selling your product the way you want it sold or your service in this case. Um, so for me, I think it's just hiring true, true people that are truly passionate about what we're doing because I think that when you do that, you're hiring people that care more about the company than just the sale, just the next deal. Um, so I think that for me is just hiring the right people and knowing the right people that are a fit for your team because it also goes back to if it's not creating a a dynamic and close team, you're going to have divides, you're going to have rifts, and um, it just, it creates, you know, this kind of chaos between the groups. And so if if we trust one another and they trust me and I trust them, I've seen the biggest, just the biggest growth, actually. It's weird. Um, I truly believe that if you're passionate about what we do, that it comes off to the clients and the customers, and it really does help sell what we're doing here. Got it. And that ties really well to my last question here. Recruiting and retaining talent can be tough in just about any market, but especially for MRFs and recyclers who need manual labor in addition to white-collar positions such as sales. So do you have any tips for recyclers on recruiting talent and retaining that talent in today's environment? I think that my biggest tip would be don't be afraid to hire someone that doesn't have, that doesn't check all the boxes. Um, I know too often we post jobs online or we start looking for someone to fill a spot that may have the same experiences, and I don't think that's always necessary in our industry. I think we pass up really great people and candidates when we try to put them into a specific category or box. Um, Some of my best employees that I've hired have actually no sales experience whatsoever, um, but they're passionate about what we do as a company and about what we're continuing to do. And through their interviews and through talking to them, I could tell, hey, yeah, maybe you don't have experience with sales quotas and goals, but you do have a passion about making sure that, you know, we're recycling right or whatever that looks like, but they're excited about what we're doing. Those are, those are the people that make our best employees. Um, so if someone just doesn't have any MRF experience, that doesn't scare me, or they don't have any direct sales experience, I think that's okay. I think that looking for someone that fits your company as a culture is a lot more important than making sure they have, you know, all the boxes checked. I know for myself and a couple of other of our employees, we do not have all of the requirements that you would think a recycling facility would hire, but some of those people, again, are our best employees and are the people that are moving up into these um, higher positions. And then I think as far as retention goes, just creating a fun atmosphere. Um, There is a lot of chaos that goes on from day to day. 
trucks go down, things break, fields don't go through, that sort of thing. And I think just maintaining the fun in it, it sounds so simple and silly, but I truly believe people stay at companies that they believe their management cares about them, that they're passionate not only about them, or not only about the work we do, but them as well. I think that's how you maintain true employees. And then just giving them a chance. You know, there's, it's always easy to look on the outside for, for new talent, but a lot of times that best talent is in your, own, in your own wheelhouse. And so just not being afraid to test someone in a new position. I think our two warehouse managers, both in Austin and Dallas, were guys that started working for us when they were 18 on the sorting line. And they are incredible, and they are some of our best employees. And so just, you know, not, not restricting yourself is what I would say. Just be open, open-minded open about who you hire and why you hire them. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, Sarah, for coming on the show today. Thank you so much, Megan. It was fun. I appreciate it.